Well, well, well. I know those of you that are watching right now, that just sounded really great because I often will, uh, will watch from my house, but I want you to know something. As great as it is watching it online, it's just, there is something very unique about being in here with this particular band and this group of singers. And, but I'm glad you're with us right now. And let me be the first or second or third or whatever number it is to say Merry Christmas to you. This is our Christmas gatherings here at Big Valley Grace. Obviously, we've got uh, a fun um, Christmas Eve gathering we got planned. But this is our Christmas weekend, and I'm just really grateful that you're with us. It's always very special for us uh, when we get to this particular weekend. And if you have a Bible... Okay, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 2. Okay, Matthew chapter 2. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of share kind of a, an iconic moment that you find in the Bible. In fact, it's an iconic uh, moment during the Christmas season. And I'm going to just share a little bit. We're going to have a great song. And then Pastor Joel's going to come up. And he's going to land the plane. He's going to kind of make this really, really practical. And so this is going to be a special 30 or 35 minutes here. So in Matthew chapter 2, it's, uh, we meet these, these men called the Magi, uh, the wise men. And they're, they're iconic, right? In fact, if you have a nativity scene in your house, and in my house we have two you know, you always have Mary and Joseph, and you got a few animals, you got some shepherds, and then there's always these three guys that are really dressed up pretty, you know, they look really sharp, and they're the wise men, right? And so in Matthew 2, we find the story of these wise men. And these wise men, uh, these magi, they travel a great distance to get to Jesus. He, he had been born and now the Magi, these wise men, are, are now traveling to meet up with this, this baby that has been born, right? And, and so in your nativity scene, there they are, they're standing there, and, and they're kind of a, a part of this pretty, pretty impressive moment in history. Well, here's what I want you to know. The wise men were not there when Jesus was born. They were not in that manger when Jesus was born, okay? These wise men, we don't really know how. They, they were probably students of the stars. They knew something about the Old Testament prophecies. They, they knew something, and they knew the star had shown up, and somehow, some way, they knew that, you know, this, this baby had been born, this king had been born, and so by the time, you know, they get on their camels or their horses or whatever it would have been. Remember, they didn't have greyhounds back then. There wasn't Amtrak. They couldn't get on a plane and, and fly anywhere. By the time they gathered up all of their equipment and their gear and their food and their water, and they show up here in Matthew chapter 12, probably at least a year to a year and a half has gone by. Jesus is no longer in a manger, he's now in a house. And I don't have time to go into explaining all of that to you, okay? 
But I just want you to know that uh, he's not at the manger scene. Now, does that mean, you know, my nativity scene or your nativity scene isn't good and we should get rid of the wise men? No. Because they are a part of the Christmas story, and I'm going to get into that in just a moment. But I also want you to know that you have three wise men. I know in my two nativity scenes there are three wise men. There were way more than three wise men, way more. Maybe 30, maybe 300, maybe as many as 3,000 wise men showed up in Jerusalem to worship this newborn king. And how do we know that? Well, three wise men showing up in Jerusalem wouldn't have been any big deal. It'd be like, I don't know, three wise men showing up in your town who would care right but if all of a sudden you know 30 SUVs rolled into town that were all wise men or 300 SUVs rolled into town or 3,000 rolled into town wow that catches the attention of everybody right the mayor and the city council and the board of supervisors everybody would have known when you have that kind of a crowd coming into town so there were probably way more than three but the reason why we have three in our nativity scenes really is because of the gifts that the wise men brought. They brought three gifts. And because of that, somehow our nativity scenes have three wise men. So there were more than three wise men, and they traveled a long time, and they're not actually at the manger scene, but that's all secondary, okay? Uh, I, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 2 and look at verse 11, okay? And it says, going into the house, okay, you see that? They didn't go into the manger, they went into the house, because by now they were out of that manger, now they were in, a, in somebody's house, maybe they were renting a room or something like that. They saw the child with Mary, his mother. So they go into the house. These wise men walk into the house and they see Mary and his mother. And what did they do? And they fell down and they worshiped him. There's Mary. There's the baby. And they didn't bow down and worship Mary. She's just a human being. But they bowed down and they worshiped Jesus. Then it says this. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those are the three things that I just want to take the next eight or nine minutes and talk about, okay, are those three gifts. And they're represented by these three gifts that you see up here. There was the gift of gold. The gift of gold. And I want you to know that these three gifts were very, very significant. These wise men had put a lot of thought into these three gifts. These weren't three random gifts. 
They were very, very strategic gifts. These wise men knew that they were gonna travel a long distance. They were gonna be on the road, if you will, for maybe over a year, and they've packed up their camels with all of their own clothes and food and all that stuff, but they also had these gifts, and they were strategic. It was not a gift of silver. It wasn't a gift of platinum. It wasn't a gift of brass. It was a gift of gold. And that gold represented the fact that Jesus was a king. They knew that Jesus was a king. They knew somehow, they didn't know all the reasons why, but they knew that that baby was different, that he was royalty. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 19 that Jesus is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And somehow these wise men, these magi, they knew that, what, that, that this baby was worthy of this long journey and when they got there, they weren't coming empty-handed. They weren't just gonna show up and say, hey, it's really great to see this baby and you know, can I pray for him or whatever. No, no, no. They knew that he was a king and they brought a gift worthy of a king. And so the first gift that they brought him was gold. Now, I want you to keep in mind, Jesus is probably only, as I said, maybe one, maybe two years old. What's a, what's a one-year-old or a two-year-old going to do with a bunch of gold? Nothing. They brought the gifts to Jesus. But who was the one who was going to take the gold and use the gold? It was Mary and Joseph. They were the ones who would use this gold practically. These wise men didn't bring Mary and Joseph the gold. They brought the gold and gave it to Jesus. But Mary and Joseph were the ones that were gonna use it. And you might be wondering, what did they do? What did Mary and Joseph do with all this gold? And it was probably a lot of gold. Well, we really don't know. They probably used some of that gold to finance their journeys through Egypt and all of that, but we really don't know. In just a moment, we're gonna receive our offering. And you're gonna give that offering to Jesus. You're gonna be like those wise men and, and you're gonna go, here's my gift. Is Jesus gonna magically show up and here at the church and take the money and use it? No. The elders of this church are gonna take the gifts that you give to Jesus and they are going to decide how that money is used. Our elders really become Mary and Joseph in your life. You bring your gift and you give your gift to the king. And God sees your heart. And then our elders decide, how are we going to use this? How are we going to take these offerings and, and, and use them? But the first gift was the gift of gold. Now remember, I told you they're all strategic gifts, right? The second gift that they brought him was frankincense. 
So imagine all of these wise men, maybe, maybe 30, maybe a maybe hundred, maybe 300 wise men are all jammed up outside of this house where Jesus was. And they all have these gifts and one at a time or two at a time they're coming in and they're dropping off all this gold and then they bring in frankincense. And remember, I told you all these gifts were, were very strategic. And the frankincense represented the fact that Jesus was pure. He was, he was deity. Jesus wasn't like you and I, right? We, we come into the world and, and our blood is tainted. We, we've all been tainted with sin. But Jesus came into this world way different than you and I came into this world. You and I came into this world because of a microscopic egg of, our, of, a, of a woman and a microscopic sperm of a man, and they got together, and nine months later, right, we came out of the womb. Jesus didn't come into the world like that. He had the microscopic egg of a woman, but the Holy Spirit came upon her in this miraculous way, and he did not have the seed of a man. He was different. He was pure. He was holy. He was sinless. And somehow, these wise men, they knew. They knew that he was a king, and that's one thing. But they also knew that he was a king like no other king. That he was, was special. That he was pure that he was, was deity. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin. See, he was special. He was deity. He was the second person of the Holy Trinity. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. In other words, he could sacrifice his life for us. He could take the penalty of our sin because he was special. He was unique. But then they also brought this third gift, the gift of myrrh. And remember, all the gifts are very, very strategic. They brought gold, they brought frankincense, and then they also brought myrrh. And myrrh represented the fact that Jesus was going to die. And this one's super interesting. So here are these wise men who knew that he was a king. Somehow they knew that he was deity, but they also knew um, he, he, he's going to sacrifice his life. Myrrh would have been something that you put on a, a dead body. It smelled really good. And so when a body would die and they would wrap it up in all these cloths and stuff, well, the body would decompose. And so it, it made death kind of smell good. It made death better. And once again, I don't know how these wise men knew this. They just did. They knew that he was a king, that he was special. They knew 
that he was deity, they, they knew that he was holy, and they knew he was going to die. Now, I want to do, do something really interesting. By, by the way, John 19 says Jesus was hanging on the cross, and he says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. He died. He died. Now, I, wanna, I want you to look. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 6, okay? Isaiah chapter 6. And in Isaiah uh, uh, chapter 60, that's um, an interesting little section of Scripture. Most scholars think that Isaiah is looking into the future. He's looking at what is commonly known as the thousand-year reign of Christ. He's looking to the day after Jesus comes to planet Earth at some moment in the future. And so Isaiah 60 kind of lays out what that you know, future time is going to look like. And listen to what the Bible says. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian and Ephah, the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. So there's coming this moment, it's in the future, I don't know when, there's coming this moment when Christ will come back, he will set up his kingdom on planet Earth and you see that people are bringing Two gifts. They're bringing him gold, and that makes sense, doesn't it? Because he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. He is royalty. That's never changed. They will also be bringing frankincense. Why? Because he's still deity. He's still um, uh, God. So he's going to have this gift. But what gift isn't going to be brought to him? Myrrh. Why? Because Jesus isn't going to die again. In this future moment that Isaiah sees, that God gives him insights to, he sees them bringing the gold for a king and the frankincense because he's deity, but they don't bring myrrh because he won't be dying again. But in Matthew 2, these wise men come with these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought gifts. And in just a moment, Joel's going to kind of unpack for you how those gifts maybe play into our lives today, what those gifts mean for us, how they, how they interface with our lives today. But right now, the worship team's going to come out. We're going to sing a great song. And this is your moment to give your gift to the king. Okay, and you can do it obviously all online. All you gotta do is, you know, you'll see something that comes up on your screen right now and you can give your gift to this great church right now. And you heard Pastor Joel just a little bit ago kind of sharing with you some of the great things that happen here and the only way they happen here is because you're generous, as he said. And I wanna thank you for being generous. But there's also a, a place on there where you can give to what we call our special Christmas offering. It's over and above what you normally give. And that offering goes to help a bunch of churches in our city, a bunch of 
of uh, other ministries in our, our city, some parachurch organizations in our city. But that's over and above your regular gift. And I'm gonna ask you to do something crazy. I'm gonna ask you to, to, to give a, 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 a way, way crazy generous gift. We need it. This church needs it. And so as you're kind of going through and you're choosing right now what, what your gift to Jesus is gonna be this Christmas weekend, I hope it's a big one. We need it to keep the work of this church up. And then I sure hope maybe you have something extra that you might be able to give to our Christmas offering. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. And may there be great joy in all of the houses, all of the apartments, all of the motorhomes, wherever people are at right now watching this as they give. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, and I pray this in your name. Amen. Oh, that is great. It is so wonderful to worship together with you this weekend here. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church here and our online campus. And thank you as you're bringing your gifts to Jesus Christ. You can give at bigvalleygrace.org forward slash give. You can give online. You can give via text. You can give also through our app. And thank you for bringing your worship gifts to Jesus Christ. You know, those are by far the greatest gifts that we give, right? When we give those gifts to Jesus Christ. And, and there's all kinds of gifts we give. And it's a season of giving. And not every gift has the same value. Not every gift has the, the same meaning and the same weight to it. But definitely when we bring a gift to Jesus, that's significant and there's a lot of meaning and there's a lot of weight. When these wise men brought gifts to baby Jesus, there was a lot of meaning, there was a lot of significance, there was a lot of weight to it. But sometimes we give gifts to one another even just simply to put a smile on another person's face. And this last week, my wife and I received a gift like that. It was an ornament and it was just for the purpose to put a smile on our face. And I want to show you uh, the picture of the ornament that my wife and I received. The ornament we received, it says 2020. And then it had one star, and it said, not very good, would not recommend. That's what the picture of the ornament that we received. It said 2020, it was one star, it said, not very good, would not recommend. And when my wife and I received this ornament, we just laughed, and it put a smile on our face. We thought, how funny. And I don't know how your 2020's been. I don't know how your experience has been this season, but maybe it's been difficult for you. Maybe you're in a place right now where you think, you know, the way that this year has gone, it's about a one-star experience. Well, I'm hoping that as we spend some time looking at these gifts that the wise men brought Jesus and who Jesus is as a gift to you, that your experience would change and that you'd be able to have a five-star experience. You know, God wants to give three gifts to you. The wise men brought three gifts to Jesus and those three gifts represent who Jesus is. Well, God wants to give three gifts to you and these three gifts that God wants to give to you. It represents who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished for you. Who Jesus is to you. The first gift that God wants to give to you is the gift of heaven. The gift of heaven. And this is 
This is God's gold gift to you. Remember, the reason that the wise men brought gold to Jesus is because he's the king. And he's the king of the kingdom. And God wants to give you the gift of heaven. It's his gold gift to you. The apostle Paul, he wrote to Christians in Philippi and he said this. He said, but our citizenship is in heaven. Citizenship, think about that. I'm a citizen of the United States of America simply because I was born in the United States of America. I don't know where you are a citizen of, but that citizenship, it has to do with kind of where you belong as a country and and where you have access to as a country and what your rights and responsibilities are regarding your country. Well, every physical country, every physical kingdom, it's full of flaws and it's full of failures. However, you have opportunity to have citizenship in heaven. And heaven is a perfect kingdom. And heaven has a perfect king. And heaven is the opportunity for you to have eternal life. And this really points to the fact that God loves you. And God has an awesome plan for you. God loves you and has an awesome plan for you. And God does something about his plan for you. He, God does something so that his plan for you can happen. And that is God sacrificially gives. He sacrificially gives so that you can have the gift of eternal life in heaven. In fact, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves you. He so loves the world. He loves you and he proves his love for you through a gift he gave. And the gift he gives is his son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe in him, place their faith in Jesus Christ, place their trust in Jesus Christ, they should not perish. And the perishing is because of sin. We'll talk about that in a second. Should not perish, but they would have eternal life. And that is the gift of heaven. I believe in Jesus Christ for my salvation. I believe God wants you to believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation. Jesus was speaking to some religious leaders and he makes a contrast. And he says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what the thief comes to do, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's contrasted with what Jesus comes to do. He says, I came, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. Jesus comes that you might have life and that your life would be abundant. It would be full and it would be overflowing. Jesus is the king of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus wants to give you the gift of heaven. And the gift of heaven, it's a five-star gift. It's very good. And I highly recommend it to you. Gift number one is heaven. Gift number two is forgiveness. And this is the frankincense gift that God wants to give to you. And remember, frankincense, it has to do with the fact that Jesus is holy, he's pure, he's righteous, he's deity, he is the Son of God. 
Again, Paul, he's speaking to some Christians in Philippi, and he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. That's gift number one, heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is gift number two. It's about forgiveness, because we need a Savior, a Savior to save us. And what we need a Savior to save us from is our sin. And the only one who could be our Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is holy, and he's pure, and he's righteous. He's the Son of God. And so to gain access to gift number one, heaven, we need gift number two, and that is forgiveness. We need a Savior to save us from our sins. Now, this points to the problem. And the problem is, is that Man is sinful and separated from God. I'm sinful and that sin separates me from God. You're sinful, that sin separates you from God. I could simply say, I'm not perfect. In fact, I don't even know anyone who's perfect. Not only am I not perfect and I don't know anyone who's perfect, but if you're perfect, we probably can't even be friends because you're not gonna wanna spend any time with me because I'm not perfect and I don't even know anyone who's perfect. This is what Paul says to Christians who are in Rome. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, I'm included in that all, you're included in that all. We've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. The standard of perfection is the perfection of God and all of us have missed the mark. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Now, that sin, it's earned us something, and the thing that the sin has earned us is not good. Paul, as he's writing to those Christians in Rome, he goes on to say, for the wages of sin is death. That's what our sin has earned us. It's earned us death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is a free gift that God has given us. And this points to the incredibly good news That even though the wages of sin is death, there is good news, and that is God sent his son to die for your sins. God sent his son to die for my sins. Paul, as he's writing to these same Christians in Rome, he says, God shows his love. He demonstrates his love. How? In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God shows his love for you that while you are still a sinner, Christ Jesus died for you. While I was still a sinner, Christ Jesus died for me. You know, talking about love is cheap, but acting in love, there is great costly sacrifice to act in love. You know, the Apostle Paul, he writes to these believers in Rome, and he tells them, I delivered to you what was of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Paul had received something and he delivered what he had received. And what he had received was of first importance. One, that Christ died for our sins. That's important. That he was buried. That's important. And that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's important. It is important that Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and he was raised to new life on the third day. And Paul's saying, I gave you this information. It's the most important information I've ever received, and I delivered it to you because it was of first importance. 
Jesus is the holy, pure, righteous payment for your sin and for my sin. Your sin is removed in Jesus Christ. Think about that. Your sin is removed in Jesus Christ. Jesus says to a man named Thomas, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the exclusive, singular, only way to heaven. Gift number two is forgiveness. And it points to the bad news that man is sinful and separated from God. But there's good news, and that is that God sent his son to die for your sins. And Jesus wants to give you the gift of forgiveness. And the gift of forgiveness, it's a five-star gift. It is very good, and I would highly recommend it to you. Gift number one is heaven. Gift number two is forgiveness. And gift number three is glorification. And this has to do with the myrrh gift. It's, it's God's myrrh gift to you, so to speak. Remember, myrrh had to do with the fact that Jesus was going to die. It, it, we all understand that our bodies don't last. Our, our bodies don't last forever. We all know that very well. They break down. They die. We need transformation. Well, recently I had spine surgery. And my body needed some transformation in my spine. And I had spine surgery. And after having spine surgery and healing from spine surgery, it was time for me to start exercising. So I met with my doctor, and my doctor said this about me. My doctor said, Joel, you're deconditioned. And I'm thinking, deconditioned? That sounds horrible. It sounds like we just shut down a military base. Then I found out that's actually decommissioned. However, deconditioned, it does not sound good. And so I had to go into a process of rehabilitation. In fact, I'm in the process of rehabilitation right now because my body needs transformation. However, the type of transformation that my body ultimately needs to go be with Jesus in heaven, it's not going to happen through rehabilitation. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says as he continues to share with these believers in Philippi. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. That's gift number one, heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's gift number two, forgiveness. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. That's gift number three, glorification. This body does not get rehabbed into heaven. I need a complete transformation. I need a body built for heaven. And that comes through the gift that God wants to give you, the gift of glorification. Jesus wants to give you a glorified body, a body built for heaven. And this gift, it's a five-star gift. It's very good. And I would highly recommend it to you. So, God wants to give you three gifts. Gift number one is heaven. Gift number two is forgiveness. And gift number three is glorification. So my question for you is simply this. Would you like to receive God's forgiveness? Right now, would you like to receive God's forgiveness right now? The Apostle Paul, he writes to Christians in a town called Ephesus, and he says this. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. By grace, it is a gift of God. It's the free gift of God. And you access it right here through faith, by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. You access this incredible gift called grace, this gift of God. In fact, there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of your works. And you'll never be able to brag about doing anything to accomplish this gift. You simply believe. In fact, the Apostle Paul and Silas, they were speaking to a Philippian jailer in the biblical text. And they simply say this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's it. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe, place your faith, place place your hope and your trust in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So are you ready for transformation? Are you ready for your life to be completely transformed? Are you ready to have a five-star life? A life that's very good, a life that you can highly recommend to others because of the transformation that God brings to your life. I want to show you a prayer. I want to share with you what the prayer is, and then I'm going to invite you to pray it along with me. And this prayer simply says this, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. We're just talking with God. And when we talk with God, we are just acknowledging that we need his help, that we have sin and we need his help. And that we understand that the help is found in him. We're asking for his forgiveness. And then we say in the prayer, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. We believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And I believe that he died for my sin. That Jesus Christ is the acceptable sacrifice to pay for my sin and to pay for your sin. Because he's holy, he's pure, he's righteous. And that you raised him to life. That Jesus didn't stay dead, but he was raised to life raised to new life. And then we want to say, and I want to trust him. I want to trust Jesus as my savior and follow him as my Lord. That I'm ready to place my faith in Jesus and have him be my God and have him be my Lord, have him be the one that I have forgiveness for my sin and to guide my life and to help me to do your will. That we would say, God, we we want you to be in charge of our life. We want you to lead the way. I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. So I've walked through this prayer, and now I just want to invite you. You may be by yourself, you may be a few, you may be a household of you. I don't know who all you're with right now, if you're on your own or if you're with others, but I know this, I know God loves you and he has an awesome plan for your life. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. So if you're ready to receive God's forgiveness and you're ready to have a five-star life, to receive these gifts that God wants to give to you, would you simply just pray this prayer along with me? Let's look at the prayer again together. Let's pray it together. And you just pray it out loud with me. We'll pray together right now. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as my Lord. Guide my life and help me to do your will. 
I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you pray that prayer with me? Did you just pray? I want you to know we are celebrating with you that you just prayed that prayer, that you just prayed to place your faith in Jesus Christ, in him alone, for your eternal salvation. In fact, we want to celebrate with you. And the reason that we're celebrating is because the kingdom of heaven is expanding. There are people right now who are placing their faith in Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of heaven is expanding. We want to celebrate with you. And there's something really practical that we want to do. I want to invite you to text Jesus to the number on your screen right now. You text Jesus to the number on your screen. And as you text Jesus to the number on your screen, there's going to be someone on the other end of that text, and they're going to reach out to you, and they are going to celebrate with you. You just text Jesus to 833-577-1604. And I want you to know, we want to celebrate with you, we want to contact you. We want to give you a free gift. We want to pray with you. And we want to celebrate the decision you're making to accept God's forgiveness today. So I want you to be bold. And I want you to be courageous. And I want you to text Jesus to 833-577-1604 that you would take a really practical action step right now and you'd put your faith into action. So text Jesus to 833 833- 577-1604, anytime during this next song. Let me pray for you, and we'll sing one last song. Father God, Lord, I love you, and I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. Lord, thank you for the people that you are bringing into your kingdom this weekend, who are placing their faith in Jesus Christ this weekend. Lord, and I pray that you would give them boldness and courage, and they would tell somebody that they would text that number, and they would let us know so that we can be praying for them and encouraging them as they begin to follow you. Lord, thank you so much that you give us the gift of heaven, that you give us the gift of forgiveness, and that you give us the gift of glorification. And all those gifts, they come in the person of Jesus Christ. So Father God, we say thank you for Jesus Christ. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things and all God's family said, amen.